friends. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Today, we're going to have some dynamic thoughts from diverse speakers with a biblical viewpoint. Feel free to stick around and prepare to be blessed. You know, we're, we're in, a, we're in an, uh, a crossroads right now, and, and maybe it's about us now, but if we were to look a little further, it's really about generations. It's really about generations. I remember being in the Ukraine and even in communist Poland in 1987 uh, before the wall fell. And uh, it's, it's amazing the training that you learned in Bible school, that when you got into a, a, a different type of culture, your mind was already made up. Your, you were already persuaded so that you knew what was truth and you knew what was the lie, right? You knew what was way to life and a way to destruction. And I remember in those early years just thinking about uh, the Marxist mentality stripped the nation so that they were, they were literally told what to do, told what to think, told what to uh, work, where to work, told who to marry. You were given just a few square meters to, to, uh, to function in. And um, so this Marxist mentality is a destructive mentality. And we saw a nation literally be stripped of their identity. So when we showed up there, along with Poles, my brother, of course, was there earlier than I was, but, and preached the gospel, it was like it was, they were an atheist nation, but when they heard the truth, they knew what the truth was. The truth exposed the lie. And there was a phenomenal response. There was a phenomenal response. So we were, we were uh, trained with a vision. We were trained in the truth. Uh, and I think these days, it's no exception. I think things have, are happening much quicker than we anticipated. But we must be dressed for battle. It doesn't mean we're looking to fight. It doesn't mean we're looking to, like, flex our muscles. I mean, a lot of, uh, a lot of um, equipment is used for a deterrent. It's a deterrent. That's why strength, like someone said that peace is an armed neutrality. That's exactly right. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna go into a nation if they're armed to the teeth, right? Usually, and so it's the same thing here. It's like as believers, we are armed with the Word of God. We are dressed in the armor of God, and uh, in Romans thirteen twelve, which we'll look at in a minute, we have the armor of light. Literally, uh, in the spiritual world, it's incredible how light defeats darkness, how light pushes back and conquers sophisticated spiritual wickedness in high places. So think about that. Think about that. Are you dressed for battle? Well, uh, sometimes what's most difficult, I've talked to soldiers and um, during, during this, these, uh, the terrorism, this whole, this whole era of terrorism, and it's difficult for them to know who the real enemy is. And that's, the, that's one of the dangers of a soldier is they don't know where to focus their their attention. And I think as believers, we know that our enemy is never people. It's never people. But it's, it's principalities and powers. Uh, it is something supernatural. And God, you know, Satan will use people. He certainly will. He'll use situations to get so Christians and their emotions, get Christians reacting, Christians going after things that are secondary, right? Uh, I think of what... Um, uh, one, one writer says, uh, he says this, he says, um, why is it that we're 
chasing mice when lions devour the land, right? That's Ravenhill. Why are we chasing mice? Why are we making little things a big deal when actually the lions are devouring our land? It's interesting, isn't it? So as Christians, we understand that we're dressed for battle. And we have, in Romans 13, 12, like I just mentioned, a armor of light. But, there, but there's, a, there's a string attached here. You know what it is? If I could say that, the Word of God is operational. It's always operating. The words of God that you and I receive, we receive this weekend uh, in Bible school or when we have our personal devotions, the Word of God is always operating. But it may not be operating in me, right? I have to fellowship with that Word for it to be operational in me. So what does that mean? If I'm going to make a... If I'm going to microwave some food, that, micro, that microwave is useless unless I plug it in. Okay, it's plugged in now. It's useless unless I turn it on. Okay, it's useless if I don't even put in the program of, of what uh, heating index I'm supposed to work with. It's the same thing with the Word of God. Yes, the Word of God is living, powerful, it's active, but experientially in my life, unless I fellowship with it, it is it is like that microwave. It's there, it's present, but it's, it's uh, not working. So when we're talking about being dressed for battle, uh, we, see this, we see this amazing chapter. We know these things, but I want to read a couple things here in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Like, are we putting on the armor? Are we fellowshipping with the armor? Are we submitting to the armor of God? Because... It's like this. I can have all that I need, but unless I put it on in Ephesians 4.24, it's, it's not going to profit me, right? Unless I mix faith with something, Hebrews 4.2, it's not going to profit me. I can, you know, and this is one of the complaints of, of Christians today, and I've said it too. It's like, oh, the Word of God doesn't work sometimes. And it's, it, doesn't, it always works. It just means I'm, I'm not operating in the, the, uh, the right order of the Word of God. So... That's interesting, isn't it? All right, let's look at this for a minute. Ephesians 6.10, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. See, there it is right there. That's where the strength is. That's where we're dressed for battle. Now, if someone comes at, you know, they say you brought a, you brought a knife to a gunfight, guess what's going to win? It's pretty obvious, right? It's like if, if I show up with a squirt gun, right, and I'm going into battle, I'm going to be easily overcome, right? That's like a humorous thing, right? I, as believers, we need to be dressed for battle. We need to be, have on the armor of God, thinking with God, standing in the power of God, and understanding that this is no joke. This is no joke. Lives are at stake. Generations are at stake. And, um, you know, there is so much destruction. The devil wants to kill, rob, and destroy. And he never, he never takes time off. He's like, he's not just sitting there, oh, I guess I'll do this. No, he has a systematic plan to destroy anything that represents righteousness. And that's why our country's under such attack, by the way. It, it, that's why. Because as a nation, we represent righteousness. We represent freedom and liberty. And, the, and the, the devil hates that. He wants to remove excellence. He wants everyone to be on the same level. He wants to control. He wants to project fear, like we heard last night. And it's very interesting. In, in Judges chapter 6, very interesting. Read it yourself. Judges chapter 6, because of the Israelites' disobedience, 
because of the Israelites' disobedience, guess what happened? They went through seven years of misery. You can read it. Seven years of misery. But guess what happened? There was, uh, there was Gideon that came out of that out of that debacle, right? And he was raised up in Judges chapter 7 to defeat a huge army, the Amalekites. It was 180,000. But you know what happened? There were, check this out, there were, so he got the armies together, Gideon got the armies together, and there were 30,000. And God says, you know what? There's too many people. They're not dressed for battle. They're dressed, they're thinking their own thoughts, they're maybe zealous, but they're not dressed for battle. So he said, okay, anybody that's fearful, send them home. Okay? Imagine that. Thousands went home. Thousands went home because they were fearful. The second hoop that the Lord showed uh, Gideon was, okay, bring them down to the brook. And if they lay on their belly and lap like a dog, send them home. Because we want people that are kneeling and cupping and drinking with their eyes looking. Guess what? Out of 30-some-odd thousand men, 300 were left. So don't be discouraged if it doesn't look like there's a majority. It, it's okay, right? Because uh, with God, it's always a majority, right? God's in control no matter what is being said or done. And I love what Gideon did. Gideon took his 300, separated him in three three groups. They had their trumpets and their pitchers, right? Their lamps. And you know what happened? They didn't even have to do anything. They just blew their trumpets and, and they cried out the sword of Gideon. You know what happened? Those, and they, they, they said there in Judges 7 that the army was like a locust. There was thousands. It was 185,000 if my numbers are correct. They fled for their lives and, and against 300 men. And my point is this. It's like if we're dressed for battle, then the victory is already won. And I, I think that's a key point because when you start looking through Ephesians 6, like our mind must be persuaded. Otherwise, we're not going to be confident in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It doesn't say anything about fighting. There's nothing in this chapter about fighting. It's all about standing, standing in liberty, Galatians 5.1, standing in grace, Romans 5.2, standing in truth. And this is, this is important. And then it goes on to say, remember your perspective. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and against rulers of the darkness of the sage, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. That's perspective. That's the enemy. I think one of the greatest things is if defining the enemy. You know, not that we're looking for the devil under every rock or glorifying him when things go sideways, but we understand there's a supernatural, systematic plan to undermine the church, the truth, people of God, the, the people of God coming together, and, of course, the, the gospel from being propagated. So, again, we're not going like, to hack people with our words, but we're going to be wise as serpents and innocent as a dove. We're, gonna be not, we're not going to be naive. Therefore, take up, therefore, because of these things, we're dressed for battle. Take up the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Very interesting word, withstands. It means that God will hold you in place because there's resistance. There's resistance. 
Okay, it's not like I'm casually walking to the to the foxhole. No, when there's bullets are flying and when when things are exploding and people are dying, it's there's nothing casual about it, right? There's that involuntary action because of months and years of training and thinking and calculating in your mind, making decisions beforehand. By the way, we're, we're no match in a temptation unless our mind is made up. We're no match because making decisions in the temptation is very difficult. All right, notice this. Amazing. To withstand in the evil day. Are we in an evil day? We are. We are in an evil day. Uh, and it says that evil will grow stronger and stronger. But, you know, I'm comforted with you. I'm comforted that so will truth. There'll be a greater manifestation of truth. So I'm not going to worry about the evil, but I want to be dressed for battle. I'm not going to walk out my door with no clothes on, forgive the analogy. I'm going to be dressed for battle. I, I don't want to have like a mind that's empty because it'll become the, the devil's playground, right? I want to have truth uh, covering us and being the light that is piercing the darkness. I love that. All right, 14, stand, therefore. Again, stand. Again, who's fighting our battle? It's the Lord. What's our job? To stand. We could also say we stand because we know where to stand. We know our role. We've submitted to our captain, and therefore we're standing in the right place. Remember Pastor used to say years ago, we are the people, this is the time. How did it go? We are the people, this is the time, this is the place, right? We are the people, this is the time. And this is the place. It's amazing. Stand, having girded your waist with truth. Now, look at this. This is very interesting. The belt, the belt of truth. You know, I was reading about this. The belt holds all the armor together. The belt. You ever have pants that you're, maybe you've lost weight and you're, they're kind of like a gunny sack on you, you know? Or uh, maybe there's overalls, you know? The belt of truth holds it all together. It starts here. If I don't know what I believe and who I believe in and my perspective is not uh, focused on who God is and his promise and prophecy happening right before our eyes, then our armor is going to be loose. <clears throat> and imagine fighting with loose armor. What happens when you do that? What happens when you start to swing the sword or move out of the way? What happens to the armor if it's not tight? It falls off, exactly. And it, 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 it restricts our range of motion, and we become clumsy. We, we actually may fall over it. So the waist, the belt of truth is very, very important. It holds everything together. Then it says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Okay? This piece of the armor protected vital organs. So let's say I couldn't get my shield up in time, and the... And the and the sword came in, what would it hit? It would hit the breastplate of righteousness, which means, uh, and we see so beautifully, there's a physical uh, covering of our organs, but also we are defined and protected by how much we know God's righteousness, right? Matthew 6, 33, uh, we pursue Christ first and his righteousness. So much, if, I, if I'm not dressed for battle, if, if my mind is not... Uh, focused and girded up in truth in, in 1 Peter 4.1, guess what? In the moment, we could hesitate and we could potentially believe the lie and step out of our place experientially. And what happens? When we step out of our place, the devil has advantage. Every time, every time. I surrender 
God's truth for my truth. The Satan, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, has advantage. I'm going through this quickly, but I think it's really worth it. Notice the next thing. Um, okay, 15. Having your feet shod with the feet and the preparation of the gospel of peace. Okay, so this writer says the sandals were made to help protect the soldier's feet during long marches into battle. You know, sometimes we think, and it's true, the snare, you know, we step on something, the snare comes up, and that was one of the devil's plans is to maim their opponent so that they could, uh, they could easily attack uh, an injured army. How about this? How about long marches of battle? I believe we, are, we have been on a long march, right? And our shoes, preparation of the gospel of peace, our word, our way, our answer has to be biblically centered in Matthew 4.4. 4. And that's the only way the devil is defeated. The only way. So isn't that interesting? The long march into battle. There were thick soles wrapped perfectly around the ankles to protect them against blistering. Amazing. And again, they had spikes at the bottom of them. You know those cleats? These are, this is like a spiritual cleat. You know, as you're on the, on, the, on the soccer field and you're running, those cleats keep you from slipping. They keep you from falling or twisting your ankle, hopefully. All right. This is good. I know we've heard this, but this is some fresh stuff. I, I love this, okay? Uh, okay. Above all, take the shield of faith, which you may be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, this is interesting. The shield of faith. Now, in the Roman days, these shields were like the size of the soldier. They could literally hide behind their shield. It isn't this little circular thing that you see with Captain America or something. These shields were huge. And the shield was most effective linked with other shields. That's why the body of Christ is so valuable. We cannot function by ourselves. Cannot do it. It's like a zebra. A zebra in the herd become, looks like one huge animal to the lion. But when the zebra comes out, he becomes, it's not if, but when he becomes prey. So here's the shield. It's, you're hiding underneath it. And you know what they, in, in Isaiah 21, 5, very interesting verse, they would anoint their shields before battle. They would pour oil or water on their shields. So when the fiery dart of Psalm 91 would come and it would, it would, it would hit the shield, some of those shields were metal, some of those shields were le leather, it would immediately extinguish the fiery dart. Isaiah 21, 5, anoint your shield. This is like a very good word. So we're dressed for battle. We're, we're prepared. We are thinking with God. We're operating in faith. We're, remember, the word of God is operational. So that means I have to fellowship with what I'm hearing. I have to think about it, take it apart, meditate on it, muse on it, worship God in it. That's how it becomes operational. Let me illustrate. Somebody might say, God loves you. And, and we might say, okay, thank you. I know that already. That means that statement is not operational in my life. That is not op. It is a fact, but it's not powerful in my life. Unless it's personal, it's not, it's not, it's not powerful. Someone might say, okay, God is the God of all comfort. And let's say we're in a low time, and we're like, okay, Lord, that is a 
word from heaven, and we begin to think about it, meditate on it, and just thank God for it, it becomes operational. It's like a power plant. We plug it in, and it's all of a sudden, all the fuses go up, you know? It's like someone, you know, making their house up with all these Christmas lights. I mean, it's amazing, but you don't see the beauty of it until you plug it in, right? It's the same thing with truth. Until it's plugged into the source, it's, it, it, it doesn't mean anything to us, unfortunately. That's the natural man is all about facts and human reasoning and rationale and cleverness. But when we're talking about truth here, it is, it is something that's alive and powerful. Okay, lastly, this is so good. All right, uh, what's the next one? Helmet of salvation, okay? Helmet of salvation. The soldier's head is one of the most vulnerable areas. One hit to the head, their history, right? So the helmet is how I'm thinking because battles are won or lost in the mind. It's like a runner. They have to envision crossing that, that uh, finish line before they actually get there. Otherwise, fatigue will take them out. An opponent will take them out. Their own thinking will defeat them. But the helmet of salvation protects them and keeps them. The sword of the Spirit, the only offensive, the only offensive uh, tool here. What is that? What is that? It's, it is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. And to a skilled warrior, it pierces the strongest armor. So <laughs> it's very interesting today. The word that you know, the word that we have heard, now is the time. We are the, now is the time to exercise faith, exercise uh, uh, our, our, our minds to say, yes, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief, right? I don't see how this is going to happen. It looks pretty bad but I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to take the word. I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to confess the word. I'm going to declare the word. I'm going to embrace the word, right? It's the Hebrews 11, 12, and 13. It's, it's we're pilgrims, sojourners. Imagine that. It's like this mindset is being dressed for battle. Okay, last one. How you doing? You all right? You good? This is good. Prayer. Okay, prayer. Praying always with with prayer and supplications in the Spirit, being watchful to this end of perseverance and supplications of the saints. So, <laughs> prayer. Prayer now brings the presence of God. We can be dressed up and have nowhere... You know, ever, ever, has anyone ever said this to you? Oh, you're all dressed up and nowhere to go. Well, guess what? When you pray, things are going to happen. The presence of God will energize... And, op and bring operational power in your armor. Remember it says stand, take, and pray. You see that? Stand, take, pray. Prayer is what simple faith defeats sophisticated darkness. Prayer is what prepares the atmosphere. And that doesn't mean I'm sitting on my hands and, and watching the world go by. No, no. Prayer is showing me where the real, real battle is. Prayer is showing us where the real, uh, what my role is. Prayer is saying, okay, this is how you use the sword in this, in this uh, circumstance. Prayer shows us where to strike. Prayer shows us where to walk. Prayer tells us to move. Prayer tells us to wait. Prayer says, be quiet. Prayer says, say something, right? It's very amazing. Okay, so, so, his entire, the entire armor of God is rooted in God's strength. His presence, we are powerless in this fight. We must fight on our knees. 
the only one who has won the war is within us. And his presence goes before us. So when we're, th okay, let me just close this. I know, I know we're late, but Romans, look at this. This is too good. I started late. We're going to end in just a minute. Romans 13, look at this. You okay with that? Good. Dress for battle. Dress for battle in my family, all right? Dress for battle in my family. That, that means I want to, you know, we're going to take the hit so our kids can walk with God. We're going to, we're not going to, we're not going to submit to the devil and have like uh, things take over our home, right? Psalm 101, we're not going to have this wickedness uh, before our face, but we're going to walk with a perfect heart in our home. So 1312, dress for battle. Therefore, whosoever resists the, okay, is that the verse I want? 1312, yes. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the work of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk circumspectly as in that day, not in reverly drunkenness, lewdness, lust, or strife or envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. That goes right along with Ephesians 4.24. Put on the new man. How am I going to ever be any match for the devil? And this is the thing. We're no match for the devil. But look at in Christ, he's defeated. So we're dressed in Christ. We get that robe of many colors in that sense, the attributes and character nature of God. That is our strength. And guess what? Just like David, he stands before Goliath and says, you know what, Goliath? You're mine. You're mine. Not because of anything I am, but it's because of the name I come in. And that's, that is how we need to think about these days. Like, I'm not going to back up, put up, or shut up in one sense, but I want to be operating with you, dressed, thinking in victory, walking in victory, and talking in victory. And no matter what goes on, remember the battle's the Lord's, right? The battle's the Lord's. And ultimately, no matter, and prophecy has to be fulfilled. Things have to fall apart in one sense, and I'm not happy about that because we love our country. And, uh, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight a battle that's not the Lord's, right? I, you know, I want to stand in truth. Like we said this weekend, uh, people are wide open. Like I loved, Kathy, your, your, um, on Facebook, your crash scene, your, yeah, I mean, like that kind of stuff, that is like, that is like so much more valuable today because our neighbors are like watching, like, does anybody have a message and, uh, you know, I even have an American flag outside my door, and people are like, they're like looking at that, and it's like, it's, it's a funny time. It's like, you're not taking my flag off my house. You better, better watch your step right there, you know. It's like, but my, my, mes my message is not America. My message is the, is the, the Bible, right? So we have, we have such a unique time. Souls, souls are, are in such a place of, uh, of needing needing uh, Christ, hearing hope of Christ. Amen? Dress for battle. Are you dressed for battle? Like, look at, look at uh, Pam here. She's dressed for the rain, right? She wouldn't be out there in, a, in her T-shirt, right? She's ready. She's ready. Okay, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. 
please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Your feedback is always welcome.